in a galaxy far, far away, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the rebellion underground. Today, still wanted by the Empire, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, and if no one else can help you, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the IAT. You're tuned in to the IA Team, a podcast dedicated to Star Wars Imperial Assault by Fantasy Flight Games. If you like what you hear, there's a full video version of this show over on our YouTube channel, fully operational, as well as video content for Star Wars The Card Game. You can also find us on Facebook, slash fully operational, and on Twitter, at fully ops. We hope you check us out, but for now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the first episode of the IA Team, a new Imperial Assault orientated podcast here on the Fully Operational channel. Uh, my name's Andy, uh, you might know me from some of the LCG content we do here on Fully Ops, uh, but joining me uh, for, the, for these podcasts going forward, we have two of my fellow Brits, Jonathan Cripps Bolton and uh, James Marsden. Hi chaps. Jonathan, Hello. how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Pleasure, and we're good. Up here in Leeds. Up here in Leeds. Good. James, how are you? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, these guys will be the regular uh, kind of uh, hosts on the on the podcast going forward. So hopefully you'll get to know us fairly well and uh, enjoy some of the discussion we, we have on this podcast. Um, with it being the first episode, I thought it best if we kind of introduce ourselves a little bit uh, so you can get flavour of the kind of people we are, what we like. Um, so I thought I'd go first. So I'm Andy, I'm Fully Ops, uh, I'm probably best known for the, the Star Wars LCG, um, that's definitely what me, got me into um, Fantasy Flight, uh, the gaming experience, that and X-Wing, um, basically anything Star Wars and gaming related, I'm, 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 I'm all in. Um, in terms of my experience, I started off probably 15 years ago as a minis gamer in kind of Warhammer and 40k, and that's where I met James. Uh, we both worked at a games workshop during kind of our uni days and, and stayed in touch afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I met Jonathan at uh, the latest World Championship weekend over in Minnesota, and uh, where he thoroughly, thoroughly outperformed all of us. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> well, one round. One round. <laughs> one round. Um, but yeah, so originally a minis gamer, uh, picked up some of the LCGs uh, and enjoyed the fact that it, I didn't have to throw so much money at it. And then FFG started doing minis as well. So, um, win. Uh, so that very happy boy. Uh, and that's kind of where I am. Top 16 uh, for Imperial Assault last year, uh, uh, 2015 Worlds. And yeah, do pretty heavily involved in the LCG stuff as well. Jonathan, how about you? Yeah, I'm Jonathan, or Jif, as people tend to call me. Um, I like, like you said, I met you guys at Worlds 20. 20- 15 and uh made top eight unfortunately eliminated by the brit destroyer that is paul heaver <laughs> yep who took us both out but it was uh, it was good 
Um, yeah, I mean, I've my background's mainly from uh, board games, really. I've only really been in the hobby for a couple of years. I started playing Star Trek Attack Wing for, for what it was worth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of... I think I can't remember why I just got a random spam email, I think. Although <laughs> spam doesn't work, so don't send me any more spam. And uh, got into the system, met a few people, started playing other games, looking for people to play Star Trek Attack Wing, and then realised that there were better games out there. So, uh, yeah, as uh, WizKids slowly destroyed Star Trek Attack Wing, I <laughs> moved on to other things, and Imperial Assault came out, and uh, I just accepted that I'm going to have to direct debit all of my monthly wages <laughs> to Fantasy Flight for the next few years. Yep. Uh, and uh, here we are. Fab, fab. All too familiar story, I think. Yeah. yeah. James, how about you, my good friend? Well, I'm James. Uh, I've been gaming for... Oh, 20 years? Oh, God, that's made me old. Um, started off with 40k, uh, and then, as Andy said, started working for Games Workshop, picked up all their games, and then left Games Workshop. Um, started with things like War Machine, so I've done, mainly done mini games, and then moved on to X Wing. Played a lot of X Wing, spent more money than the wife knows. Um, and then they announced Imperial Assault, and obviously, miniatures, Star Wars, fantastic combination, got big into that, really enjoying it. Uh, again, met Jonathan at Worlds. Didn't well. We won't talk about how I did. But it's fine um, at all. No, <laughs> we will. We will. No, in a bit. no, don't. No. Uh, no, that's about it, really. Yes. So, big miniatures gamers and loving Imperial Assault. Yeah. Now, I think it's worth noting now. now so, we'll get this off the bat straight away. James is our resident scum expert. Um, one of the <laughs> best scum players at the world's tournament. Yeah. One of the best. One of the Easily. best. Yeah. Easily, Easily one of the Easily. best. Yeah. Three people. In top five, at least, I reckon. <laughs> Maybe even. Definitely top five at the scum player. <laughs> so, with that in mind, um, what's everyone's favourite kind of. Uh, I guess, what, what, what brought you to Imperial Assault specifically um, over every other board game that's out there? And, uh, and I guess, what's your favourite faction and/or unit? Uh, we'll go, James, we'll go with you first. Well, what brought me to Imperial Assault was uh, Boba Fett, which kind of neatly answers the next question. Uh, favourite unit and model is Boba Fett, but also favourite faction would be Scum. Uh, just enjoy the fact that it's all different, you've got nothing particularly uniform, uh, and they've got some interesting little tricks and sneaky tactics that they can pull out as well. Mm. For Boba, is it just the fact that it's Boba and it didn't matter what the unit would do on the board and what the sculpt looked like, or is it a model? It's it's because it's Boba, basically. It's it's Boba. Yeah, this, I mean, it just happens that the sculpt's really nice and the unit works well in the game. Otherwise, I'd still be using him and he'd be pants. He <laughs> was always going to be good though, yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The FFG definitely seemed to have said, we're going to make the, a lot of the unique characters amazing. Fet cells. Fet, fet cells, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, how about you? Uh, it's a tricky one, really. Um, I, to be honest, I was an Imperial player um, in terms of faction, but I'm, I'm kind of swinging towards Scum at the moment. I think I don't know. Just, they are good. They just they seem to play differently. Um, I mean, in, in general, the campaign brought me to Imperial Assault as, as, to start with. Um, just playing through the storyline, there was a group of five of us played through the whole thing. We actually played through two different campaigns. Um, but yeah, after that, I just I like the system. You know, I like the the tactical choices. Is it's more I get, you get a similar feel to something like X Wing, 
but um, it's more about the timing in which you move things rather than than the hidden movement of X-Wing. Um, you can play it almost like a chess game in some respects, um, sacrificing stuff to draw your opponent out and then destroy it with FET. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the main my favourite unit was probably probably the stormtroopers, just because not because of their stats, not because of their ability, but because of their the the iconic image of the stormtroopers really. I think they were probably what brought me to the game and what encouraged me to paint the game. Um just because they they just stand out and there's just something about the look of them. And I just that's the recent meta changes that's brought Stormtroopers made them more viable. Has made the game look a lot more interesting. You get a lot more people running Stormtroopers, which is which is good. I like the look of them. In terms of uh, in terms of the strong units, I think I don't know. I think Chewie's probably one of my favourite units to run, just because he wherever he is just destroys things. <laughs> like you try and run away and he just shoots you. And you get up close and then he just smacks you back and then shoots you. It's just yeah, he's very good. He is a bit of a nightmare to deal with. Absolutely. Two defence dice, black and a white. Yes, who yeah. Thought, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's like the Royal Guard champion. And, you know, when you roll that, it's when you've got such a heavy character with all that health and you roll the dodge. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty demoralising for your opponent. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like the Royal Guard champion in that respect. But he then isn't just long range, isn't just short range, sorry. He will just shoot you until you get up close and then he'll just hurt you some more so <laughs> he's an expensive character but he's a lot of fun to play yeah yeah and he's he's got some synergy with the rest of the list as long as you p- keep people near him as well yes so he doesn't yeah. just he's not a one trick pony that just like the royal guard champion is just a killing machine yeah chewie's got the defensive attributes as well so good good call i i approve because chewie's in a lot of my list at the moment um Ooh. taking him out to to maybe play with some layer but we'll uh, we'll come to that <clears throat> um as for me, I think, fairly similar to you, Jonathan, I think it was probably the campaign that brought me uh, and got me interested into Imperial Assault in, in the first place. Because uh, our gaming group, myself, James, and a couple of other guys, we're forever going through five, six, seven different skirmish games, X-Wing, uh, War Machine. Um, there's always a new Kickstarter that we're buying into. So for, for me, I don't think I approached it looking for another skirmish game. Um, I saw that it was basically Star Wars Descent uh, yeah. that had been kind of streamlined and you know improved upon, <clears throat> and that that was enough for me. If we got a year's worth of content out of the campaign, and the fact that it was in the Star Wars universe, I, I was going to be a happy man. Um, I, lo- I did not expect the skirmish to be the primary mode that I'd end up playing, and I didn't expect it to be anywhere near as kind of fleshed out and balanced as it as it ended up being. I thought it was just going to be kind of chess like, like you said but no, nowhere near as in depth as it, as it has turned out to be um, in terms of units it's got to be Vader really And because again I think that was a surprise for me I was expecting this to be a, a bit of an extended universe story of all those heroes we never he- heard about through the films or the books right. um, so the, the kind of FFG putting their own stamp on the heroes the Gino Dans of the world um and I thought maybe Vader's just on the front of that box to just sell it a bit more. But then when you realise he's a playable unit in the game, yeah, that's pretty that that has a, a, an attack called brutality. 
I was sold, I think. Regardless of the fact that how, how well he turned out and how, how good he is for his points, maybe he's a little overcosted. That It's Vader. I don't really care. Um, yeah, he's, he's by far and away my favourite Star Wars character. And, so. a, and a force choke, don't forget. And a force oh, yeah. choke, yeah. yeah. He can just instant yeah. kill things, <laughs> which is always nice. So, yeah, having Vader, a playable Vader in any game, win. I think it's, it's just instant appeal for me. So, so yeah. Hopefully, that's given you guys watching uh, a good, like a healthy start to, to kind of understand who we are and what what our goals are for for the podcast. I think for me personally, it's um, I've been making LCG content for probably best part of two years now, but I've probably played an equal amount of Imperial Assault. So it, for me, it's about time this this game got some some love that it deserves and, and a bit more community content. So we're here to to, to help contribute to that scene hopefully and then give you guys some good content to watch and um, I hope you enjoy it um, so we'll move on now into what will be a regular section for each podcast episode uh, we'll talk about some of the UK and worldwide news so yeah here in the UK we're well into the way uh, for store championship season I think we're two or three events in and it's been from my experience at least eye opening there's a lot of different lists kind of taking <clears throat> taking space at the top tables that aren't sabs yeah or or trooper spam which surprised me james i don't know you you were you you placed really highly at uh, the the Huddersfield event that was yeah. most recent so i don't know if you want to talk about the list that did well and you saw at the top tables yeah yeah the well the winning list was um Pretty odd, really. Uh, it was a rebel list. We had Luke, three PO, R two, all kind of standards. Then we had Diala um, and Fen, which very rarely see. Um, and then elite troopers to go with Fen. Uh, the guy went undefeated on the day, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, real surprised to see some of those figures in a top list. Yeah. Did you end up playing? Uh, yeah. I didn't, unfortunately. Would have had light time to go. Um, but yeah, there were some. There were kind of all sorts of lists. There were a few, couple of troopers fan lists. I think in my last game, I played a guy who was mainly troopers. In fact, all troopers and some elite troopers, and then Kane Somos, who was a trooper. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't go too well for him. Like you were saying about the uh, the Royal Guard earlier with the roll in that X, uh, he attacked it. My Royal Guard seven times, uh, and I rolled five dodges out of seven. He was rather upset. That good old weighted white dice is yeah. paying off. Well, for it you. was worth the, yeah. worth, worth the money you paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, but there, were, there, were, there weren't just the sort of standard lists as well. There were some really weird off the wall things. There was like, I think one guy running um, something like Elite HKs, uh, IG, and then Luke and Leia, and then obviously. Temporary lines, but I don't know which way it fell. Whether they were a rebel list or a, a, a scum list, but that was a yeah, that one was a weird one. Yeah, just what three or four activation elite model kind yeah. of list. Wow. wow. I mean, where do you lie on that, Jonathan? I mean, obviously, out of the three of us, you you are the the the, the prof- not the pro- I was going to say professional player. <laughs> I don't. Do you earn a living from this? Yeah, yeah, um, oh, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, so you're, those promos. You're the most accomplished. You've you've finished uh, the highest at Worlds uh, out of the three of us uh, where, where's your kind of head at in terms of the, the, the three or four you know Chewy Luke Leia list versus Trooper Spam where, where's your head lie in, in that kind of arena I've not seen it work I don't see the 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 four activations the 
the sort of the list with just heavy units, just you know, a couple of characters and nothing else. Mm. I haven't seen it work. I'm not saying it can't. Mm. Um, I guess it depends on what list you got up against, and it's a lot more viable now than it used to be. Um, the the list variety is is heavily changed. There's nowhere near. It used to be all imperial or saboteurs and saboteurs meant you couldn't run uh, stormtroopers because you'd just get blasted away and the imperial guard just meant the royal guard meant you couldn't uh, you couldn't run heavy characters because they just couldn't do the damage and just get stunned back and that was just massive yeah but now now it's it, you know it can be it can be plausible um i mean i think i've the closest i've come is running luke um chewy Gideon and Vader. Uh, Gideon Vader? Gideon and 3PO. <laughs> yeah, that would be one hell of a list. Focused Vader. Ooh, baby. Gideon and 3PO. Um, and some saboteurs just to back it up. This was before the uh, the, the, the rules changed. But, um, yeah, just nice little combo of Luke and Chewie getting focused, um, protecting each other. Luke with his auto block. He's got slightly less health, but... You know he's harder to kill because he's next to Chewie and he can recover. Yeah. And Chewie's just just Chewie, so he's difficult to kill anyway. Um, and yeah, that was a very low activation list, but it uh, it relied heavily on being close to its, you know, being grouped up and and staying in that formation. Um, I think there's some some characters that are that are more that you know work better in a small activation list. Obviously, somebody like Vader is always going to be in a in a smaller activation list because he's just so expensive um but no i, I mean I've, I've yet to see see one as low as four that would that really works i think you just it starts okay for the first couple of rounds and maybe you might you know get a couple of if you get into position you might do okay but once it gets to that crunch point where everyone's at melee range yeah you've just you can't skip anymore you can't um you know delay and you just end up you know you might kill something but then your opponent still has two act two or three activations left and they can do whatever they want they know exactly where you are how you're finishing and they can just you know position themselves how they want and do as much damage as they want yeah and heaven forbid if one of those you know three or four big hitters goes down early if like chewy he doesn't give himself other than having a couple of defense dice he has no way of getting extra defensive buffs from yeah. from anyone other than 3PO I don't think so as soon as if he rolls yeah. blanks on, on that white dice after a couple of attacks and he goes down early again I've been running yeah. the Chewy Luke list and if, if Chewy goes down early it's game pretty much yeah pretty much um, I mean Luke can always recover but there's no I mean there's command cards that will help Chewy recover but it's not guaranteed and it's not consistent whereas Luke can consistently recover so if he takes a lot of damage it's not the end of the world yeah. but if Chewie takes a lot of damage he's pretty much done for mm. Yeah, and I don't know James is that, do you think that I think maybe that word consistency that, that Jonathan mentioned I think that's probably why uh, the, the larger activation lists just you know two or three elite sabs plus maybe a Luke and then the support it's, you're just rolling more dice there is that but also it's got a little bit more it's a little more forgiving if you lose, like you were saying, if you lose one one deployment uh, card from a, a far activation list, you, you're going to struggle to complete missions. You're going to struggle to take out opposition figures. Um, 
you've got to probably play your best game and you've got your looks got to hold as well and it looks going to be a little bit of a part of any any list but when you're reducing everything down to such a small sort of focus then you, you've really got to pull it out of the bag yeah get the mileage out yeah. of everything yeah yeah and I think for, I think for me that's that is the problem it's at the end of the day you can put yourself in a situation where you're giving yourself the best chance but if you've only got four guys making four attacks a turn and and it is a di- there are dice involved if you if Chewie just rolls badly yeah that's one of your that's your biggest attack for the turn that's just kind of botched yeah. whereas if you've yeah. got six sabs or what well, four sabs in replace of Chewie law of averages say that you're going to get a bit more yeah. mileage from your money on the other side as well if you've got if Chewie rolls well but your opposition rolls a dodge yeah, yeah. that's your big attack on yeah yeah, you just burn your focus chewy attack yeah. and they're all a dodge. Mm. Whereas if you're attacking with stormtroopers or whatever, they might not do as much damage, but if you're rolling three times, okay, there's more chance than dodging, but it just each little attack just whittles them down. Whereas, you know, you chew you're relying on that, just blow them away and, yeah. and hope that it hits. Yeah. So yeah, Huddersfield then James was fairly standard, you know, Luke three PO support. Just I think I was just a bit surprised to see Fen with the troopers. Yeah, um, but the other one we've had here in the UK was was again up in the north. Um, represent uh, over in Sheffield. That was I would call that quite a low activation, quite a squishy and elite uh, force that that took first place there. That was three standard units of HK assassin droids. <laughs> Jonathan's nodding already. I think yeah. uh, one elite unit of HKs with explosive armaments, <laughs> and then and then just Gideon. <laughs> Because uh, Gideon makes, you know, he's like yes. he's bacon yeah. basically. He makes everything better. Um, yeah, that's a squishy list. If that it takes is, some fire right. back, there's no. Usually with HKs, you see an Exu or a Wampa or two just to be big units to stand in the way and uh, you know be the frontliners. Um, but there's nothing in there to stand in the way. Nothing in there to stop no. a Chewie just bum rushing the HK position. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised it's, it you know did that well because, the, like you said, those HKs are just they're very very squishy. But mm-hmm. oh, the three dice basic attack, and then you focus them up to four. Like sometimes you're at range twelve, and you're like, well, I might as well have a shot. There's a chance I'm going to hit. Yeah, it's like headshot. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think it depending on on the map, the placement, and things like that. It it's uh, you know it can help. I think. Cantina is quite difficult for them. If you go up to the top where it's all blocked and you're up close, then uh, yeah, you're not going to get your shots off. But you know the other two maps are fairly suited for them. So I think you know as long as you get a good draw on the Cantina map, then you'll do all right. Um, but five health and the black dice, they do tend to just just die when they get hit. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting one to see that. I was I was surprised to see that list get posted. But uh, oh, again. I think uh, not only three months ago, uh, when we were, you know, having a few beers at Worlds, uh, it, there were basically two lists and some yeah. subtle variations of it. Um, yeah. Whereas now, it's I think it's amazing to see t- three very different different lists kind of take the store championships that we've had so far. Yeah, and, I mean, um, we've had a lot of variation here as well. I mean, we've had trooper lists, so uh, we haven't run a a. Um, store championship yet but the winter kits have been uh first one that i've played at was a trooper list and the second one was a was a rebel list which was um 
like Luke and Leia and um, I think he was running Fen again and it was just yeah just an interesting list um, and there was another another one with a HK list it's just just real variety and it depends on on how you play the game really mm. that's what it seems to be. it's not like you can't just take a 4 by 4 and and just you know rely on on good luck mm. and you need to actually play the game play each individual situation as it comes up yeah I've been really impressed with the, the, the speed at which Imperial Assaults got up to scratch and and got a quite a diverse meta. Um, obviously, when you've only got the core box, there's going to be a couple of lists that just the cream rises to the top, mm. and that and that was the you know the, the guard, the four by four. Um, but that's been addressed now, and we're a little over a year into the game. Uh, if you'd said the same about X-wing, they, I think they were still entrenched in Tie Swarm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Imperial Assault seems to be on the very much on the front foot with the design and, and you know the balance, and uh, it's great to see such a diverse set of lists doing doing really well. I'm going into these events not having really a clue what to play, uh, so it's just what do I like the look of? Oh, I like Vader, I like Luke. I'll go with those boys. So it's uh, it's a good place to be. Yeah, good place to be. I think it's fairly interesting that I think Fantasy Flight. Uh, Sort of sorted out production a bit in in terms of these minis games. I mean, X Wing was fairly slow in comparison in terms of waves. Um, I mean, what's the current wave is wave eight in X Wing, yeah, um, and we are wave five in Imperial Assault. Yeah. So, you know, they seem to be a bit more regular, um, and I'd say at the moment quite balanced. Um, I mean, the core set, the units that they have slightly addressed. Let's say they. Um, they obviously weren't quite there with where they wanted the, the units to, to act. Mm. Um, but now everything else seems to be very... It's got its role defined. It's um, like the cards, that command cards that they that come with it that they want you to take um, from the suggested... <laughs> from the, the way they work, from the, the uh, keywords and things like that. Um, yeah, each unit has a very defined role... Um, I think it's nice. It's good. It's not. We'll see. It's interesting to see what it will do compared to X-wing, in a you know another year's time when, when it's just as developed, um, and hopefully the tournament scene's a bit bit fast, bit bit more improved. Let's say. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we can. It's only good things on the horizon. I think, yeah. uh, especially here in the UK. I know the 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 organised play season last year. There wasn't real. There wasn't any regionals, were there? Basically went straight no, to nationals. Yeah, I mean they ran some places ran ran spring kits, um, but they they wanted to run the nationals at the UK Games Expo, yeah. and that is in June. I think it's June, is it? Something like that, which is really early for FFG. Um, and the guys who were running, who wanted to run the tournament at the expo, had to beg FFG to let them run it because if they didn't run it at the expo. They said they're pretty much not going to run one because there was no other event where they could run one in the UK. Gotcha. So, so we got it massively early and just skipped region, uh, you know, skipped all the store events, skipped the regionals, mm. just went straight to national event, which, which worked out okay for me. Well, so. I was going to say we. I don't think did we mention it? So Jonathan is actually UK national champion for, for well reigning uh, for for the rest for the next kind of six or seven months at least, Jonathan. Um, yes, so. until I get. Knocked off my perch by somebody much more talented. <laughs> well, with the, not quite as much luck. The pedigree's there, so national champion and uh, 
and made it to top eight at Worlds. So there's, it's, um, it doesn't sound like it's just luck, Jonathan. It feels like uh, you've got. We're your... in a different. I like to think we're in a different era of Imperial Assault now. It's not quite so much about the. Uh, the Royal Guard. I mean, most of my games at Worlds and some of them at Nationals um, were, like we said, a little bit more sort of, you know, where you had the mirror match almost. There was a lot of Imperial Guard, Royal Guard and um, officers, and it just turned into a, a sort of chess match where you've got that um, sort of mirror setup of units almost, and it's just who goes in what order. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you were used to playing the squad, then you knew how it worked, um, and you had you had an advantage. I think. I think a lot of people that I saw, you know, going up against a couple of four by fours that had probably just taken four by four because they knew it was the the go to list and didn't really know how to play it to its best, and so lost out because obviously I'd I'd played so many games with the uh, with the E-Webs that. I knew how they worked. Yeah, um, yeah. Although it does mean that I don't really want to ever run eWebs again. <laughs> playing 50 million games with them. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I definitely agree with you. The, the more experienced players, for, for everyone knew 4x4 was the jam. Um, yeah. But the, the experienced players definitely rose to the top. I know I, know I, I kind of chose 4x4 on, on the last minute. Similar to, to right now, I just didn't know what to run. So I fell back on the standard 4x4. And... Um, that first matchup of top 16 when it was announced I was playing Paul and I just uh, and James did that basically he just if laughed at me anyone was there and heard <laughs> someone howl with laughter uh, so yeah it's fair to say I, th- I think I think Paul Heaver has a fair amount of experience with the 4x4 or I did before Worlds so um, rightly uh, yeah, me. I did try I did try I did try to yeah avenged me but, you tried yeah, you tried no, I appreciate that it was just it was uh, it was a really good game actually. I enjoyed playing him. It was very close, mm. um, and I think we could have. I could have maybe if the round if we'd had one more round and it had finished finished and I'd been very lucky, I might have got a win. But it was just you know pre nerf Royal Guard just insanely good. Yeah. Just yeah. any mission where you've got a an objective that forces you to clump up favors the Royal Guard because every time I kill one. There's five of them coming back at me focused, and it's just pain. It's yeah, just, not, not what you yeah. need. But uh, yeah, definitely, we've, we're talking about things here in, the, in episode one around you know uh, favourable matchups and, and missions and what that means for different lists. Uh, we'll get into that, the specifics of that, uh, when we, we dive into a bit more detail in future episodes. Um, so bear, bear with us, it is episode one, the pilot, so um, we, we will get to that kind of stuff. Um, but I think we'll move on now to... Um, just a bit of the the announcements around the the kits and the price support around the organised play. We know, so for store championships, we're playing for some quite nice kit actually. That, that not all of the FFG games is get the coins mm-hmm. and the medals actually um, for for Imperial Assault. I'm not seeing. I think X Wing is the only other one that gets medals, isn't it? Yeah, but so, I don't think they've had any for a little while. I'm not sure. I've not done. I thought totally the uh, the coins are replacing the medals. I thought, and they the uh, they seem to be. So the up until I think is it uh, is store the store championships are they doing medals still? Yeah. But the um, I thought the coin the challenge coins were sort of their their new replacement for them because they're a bit more use in the game yeah. and not just a, a fancy little yeah. bit of metal that you I think wear out when you're on your first date. If they are, <laughs> if they are, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Be a great <laughs> talking point. Um, 
yeah. So the coins, I think, for store championships, we'll put a we'll put a big uh, kind of picture ding there, um, so we can have a look at the kit and for store championships and, and what that means. Uh, James has got half of this stuff now, uh, but I think medals winner only, coins top four, and then a bunch of Banther Rider cards for participation. Uh, yes, Banther Riders, and then. Tokens for missions. Yeah, were they top eight for the tokens? Yes, top eight, top eight. So uh, FFG slowly getting through all the tokens that came in the core set and uh, putting them in acrylic, which is good. It means they won't wear out. Mm-hmm. Um, and all our banthers. Noise. Ding. Uh, yeah, and the, so f- for me as well, the challenge coin, uh, not just for Imperial Assault. I think Imperial Assault is one of those ones where it's probably gets the least use. I think in Imperial Assault, it's basically just initiative marker. Yeah. Um, whereas in the LCG, yeah, you can use it for balance of the force. It's plenty. So if you play a couple of these games, I highly recommend a picking up Imperial Assault if you haven't already, and b try and get your hands on one of those those challenge coins because they are sexy as all hell yeah. and really useful in a lot of different games. So um, I'm not entirely sure I uh, I approve of the challenge coin. I like you know I got Imperial Assault because I want to roll dice. I like initiative deciding by rolling dice. Yeah. 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 When you play X-Wing and somebody else says, I'll roll the dice, pick hit or crit, uh, hit or miss, sorry. Mm. And uh, well, I want to roll dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the, uh, I mean, most people at, at Worlds tend to, I don't know if it was an American thing over here, we tend to do the, you know, flip something or, or you know, flip a coin or whatever to decide initiative if there's a, a tie. But they seem to always do the roll blue dice and whoever gets the highest accuracy yeah. Yeah. gets it. Um but yeah, they don't seem to do that over here. But I don't know I quite like the rolling dice. It's yeah. uh, it's nice. But you know, if I won one of the coins, I'd probably use it just yeah. just because. They, I think they are a bit too. I mean, I've got one for the LCG that's uh, Sith and Jedi um, from regionals a while back, and it is it is just too big and heavy to flip. You'll you'll kill a small child. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's nice to just have as a, a token that you can pass back and forth. But yeah, don't don't flip that unless you. Really if want to replace it, it will smash one of your models. Yes, 100%. It's, it's, it's hefty. So if you get really good and you aim for your opponent's models yeah. and take them out before smash, the game's even started. Smash Chewie yeah. with, the, with the coin. Done. Oh, he didn't roll the white dice. He's flat. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the store championship kit. Um, FFG have also recently announced the um, spring 2016 kit, yep. which uh, for anyone who likes scum... James, mm-hmm. uh, there's some very interesting uh, prize support in there. James, do you want to? Oh, again, we'll put a picture. Keep going the wrong way. We'll put a picture up on the left, right of the screen, so that we can you can see what we're looking at. Uh, yep. But uh, James, yeah, take it away. Do you know what's? Uh, okay. I believe the top prize is an Altar Dengar card. Uh, I think there might be two of those in the kit. Yeah, um, yeah. And then what else is in there? I've absolutely forgotten. Uh, <laughs> it's completely uh, gone ahead. There's also the um, cards, I think. Yeah, Royal Guard cards, which are going to be double-sided. So you'll have the Elite on one side and the Standard on the other. Um, I don't know if they're for participation or top whatever number. I think they're participation prizes, those ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're basically a, an errata reprint yeah, card, aren't yeah, they, they, for, the, the for the corset cards? Yeah. Now, again, that's I think that's the most exciting thing for me from this kit, is the, the Altar with the amended text because mm-hmm. in pretty much every other game um, well especially the LCG that's where I can speak with authority they FFG I keep saying they FFG have been loath to print a different version of the card just because 
on the basis someone could turn up with one version of the Royal Guard and play a game against someone with the original version of the Royal Guard and there'd be a bit of a conflict and people not knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've always said on the LCG side of things they'll keep it all the printed cards the same and just errata them in the yeah. PDF. Seems to be the same with the X-Wing as well. Yeah, but it's, I think it's it's a much better way of doing it. The people with these alt-art cards are the people going to tournaments and regularly playing. They know what the cards do. Um, and and they look great. Mm. So. I think the changes were that big to the cards that they couldn't just... Yeah. You know, they, they they were significant. They were not just like, you know, we've changed Pierce 1 to Pierce 2 or, you know, whatever. Yeah. They were, everything on them has changed. So you, to, to leave them as standard, it just adds confusion, really. You're going to get people that come along to the first event anyway who uh, who expect to be able to run it. May not have seen anything on the forums, anything on the website. Just turn up to the first event and it's like, yeah, that card, it's completely different. And they're going to be like, what, what do you mean? Are you, you know, are you telling the truth or are you just <laughs> yeah, trying to massively nerf my list? Yeah, they're but... all two blue dice now, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the spring kit is looking very nice. So FFG across all their games as well, uh, uh, really stepping the, the stepping the bar up a little bit for the price support. So again, if you uh, store championships and the the spring and, and winter and seasonal kits. They're, they're not really the highest level uh, tournaments like regionals or nationals so you can go along expect to have a, a kind of very fun friendly environment um, with your local local players and uh, it's just a great intro to the game if that's your first introduction to organised play um, I can't recommend it highly enough go, go, go down and uh, it's a, a really fun day I think um, can't agree more just turn up with a list that you you know, don't think too hard about it. Just take units that you think you like playing with, you like the look of. Take your newest painted units. Take stuff that you like watching get shot. Anything. Just, <laughs> yeah. just turn up and play, and just have a good time. Don't don't play to absolutely destroy your opponent, and then get disappointed when you don't. You know, you got to learn the game somehow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, speaking of new models that people want to play because they're shiny new toys. Uh, we they well here in the UK at least with the the wave is it five, did we say five five it's five yeah uh, has just hit stores so we've picked up a few a few copies of each it's the uh, new Bantha Rider for the Scum and uh, the Alliance Smuggler for the Rebels so we'll uh, uh, take a quick break and uh, then briefly run through the cards and upgrades you get from both these packs and give our insight into them. So if we start off with the uh, the Bantha Rider, I think James is going to take this one away, seeing as it's a yeah. green card. Why not? <laughs> okay, so the Bantha Rider, uh, it is a red card, so you can only have two of them in your uh, force, there's no grey version. Um, <clears throat> he's nine points, and he's a creature and brawler, so there's quite a lot of command cards that will work for him. Uh, it has the keyword massive, so obviously that affects quite a, quite a lot of the movement um, rules. And it's got two different surges, we've got surge for PS2. Always fun and surge for plus two accuracy as it does have a ranged attack. Um, it also has the habitat card, which is only really used in campaigns, so I'll ignore that for the time being. Uh, we've got a special action trample. Uh, choose up to three adjacent hostile figures and roll one red die. Each of those figures suffers damage equal to the damage results. Nasty. Uh, also has the stampede special rule when you end your movement in spaces that contain other figures, each hostile figure in your space suffers one damage. Um, he has 21 health, 5 speed, doesn't roll any defence dice, 
so those health might not last long. And his attack is a range, as I say, and it is a blue and a red attack. Thoughts? It's so good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tr- trample. Trample is trample. not. That's I've. That's basically three lots of Chewie's ability, isn't it? Tr- yeah. Chewie's yes. special attack. Yeah. Although Chewie's one. Chewie's, Chewie's one yeah, opposing one unit. Yeah. This yeah. Guy, this is three. Yep. So, but this this you know everything on this card just seems just works well, and it, it's like I said earlier in the in the show the um, the scum faction seem to play differently. So this unit, okay, blue and red is not a bad attack, but the, the surges are not, you know, they're not going to do any serious amount of damage. You're going to struggle although, to for one. Yeah. But you just, this unit is basically made to run in, stand on stuff, and then trample it. And it's <laughs> just, yeah. It's, yes, yeah. And it's something that you don't, I guess you don't see a lot of massive units being used in the game at the moment. Mm. But the rules of... Um, you know, you you can finish your movement on top of things. You don't see that come up very often. Um, you know, and if you do, they move out to the side. Um, so you can, in theory, if they've placed themselves to stop you getting in the middle of them with something like and using last resort to blow something up and do lots of damage, you just stand on four or five models, they spread out, and then you trample them. And if you roll... If you're lucky and roll a three on the red, then that's four damage to everyone that you've just stood on. Yeah. And that's four unblocked damage, which is just so good. Yeah. Yeah. So all your fancy tricks won't work. <laughs> <laughs> so the one exactly. downside to this guy, so he puts out a lot of damage and he's pretty speedy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's before I move on to the downside, he's not non-sentient. No, that's true. So there is a dude on the back of this panther who can lean down and you know, plug into the terminals and draw those cards and, you know, interact for missions, mm-hmm. yeah. which is nuts. So you can basically stand him on a terminal and say, no, you're not coming anywhere near. Um, but, but yeah, the downside, as James spoke to, no defense dice at all. So he yeah. is just going to take damage and all those surge effects for, you know, stun, I think is going to be his big weakness. You're just going to, because massive, he's not immune to, to stun, is he? No. No. So, that's that's going to be an issue for them, I think, um, and probably the biggest threat they're going to they're going to face. Um, I think I don't think it's hard though to to stun something with a black defense dice unless you're unlucky. I think for for like a rebel list, um, stuns their biggest weapon. But if they are shooting the banther, then they're not shooting your squishy HKs. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a good distraction. Especially if you've got the uh, elite HKs that can just shoot through the banther. Mm. Um, although he is massive, so they don't. I think that they wouldn't block line of sight anyway, does he? I think he you can shoot past him, over him, or uh, figures don't block, block line of sight to him or That's from right, him. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can stand. You don't think normal people can shoot through him, but everyone can draw line right. of sight to him. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got elite HKs, then then it's quite handy. He can. He's just going to soak up the damage and. Yeah. It's going to draw a lot of fire as well, yeah. just because it yeah. is a big model and generally people shoot. Yeah. And I think the only thing that really is kind of that people you don't really think about is the model is he's a two by three, is he? I yeah. think he's yeah. yeah. So he, although he's speed five, he's awkward to move. Um, one thing I found from the uh, Repulsor tank, ATST, E-webs, that's the longer base makes them awkward to get into position. Because although they have a high movement speed, 
you've got to use some of that to get around corners. Yeah. Um, I mean, if only there was a card that the scum could have that would help them with this manoeuvrability problem. Yeah, yes, yes. If only. Which brings me on to the next card. <laughs> uh, it's a one-point skirmish upgrade card. It's unique, so you can only have one of them, and it's called Beast Tamer. Uh, it has two effects, which you'd be able to choose from. Uh, so either you can exhaust this card at the start of a creature's activation for that figure to perform a move. Brilliant. Um, or you can exhaust this card at the start of a figure's activation if that figure has the non-sentient ability. During this activation, that figure can interact. Now, bearing in mind it is a skirmish upgrade, it's not an attachment, so you can keep that and have a nice big creature list and, and have a few little different tricks going on with that. Pretty nasty. You're looking worried, Andy, I as, as a non-scum player. <laughs> I don't like the fact player. that Banthers can suddenly be in my deployment zone on turn one. Um, yeah. Not a fan of that. Um, I think for one point you've you've that's, got to take this in a scum list. Nuts. Yeah, if you, you've got to take some some creatures. If you've got an elite Nexu or a Bantha Rider, for one point that is a bargain. Yeah. Um, I mean elite Nexu are already I mean the the square base makes them difficult to move, but they're already so quick. Yeah. This means they could move twelve spaces in their turn and pounce three and attack. Yeah. That's just nuts. or Wampers. <laughs> so you you're getting your activation, you're getting your your um the bloodlust, the three movement points because there's no winning with range. Then you exhaust this card, get a movement. So you're potentially getting a lot of movement on a unit that's usually quite slow. And if there's one thing you do not want, it's a it's a wamper in the midst of your units. <laughs> yeah. That's something you do not want. Just ask Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one point. I think we've. I love this card. Yeah. I think it's so good, and yeah. it it plays to the. I think it pushes the scum in a direction that means they play different you are taking creatures who normally are non-sentient and that's a massive weakness in some missions but you've got this and it means all your slow non-sentient creatures have a lot of versatility yeah i love it i think it's really good and especially in scum as well if it was any other faction but in scum they've got most of the creatures if not all of them i think um and they're the faction that struggle for filling in the last kind of couple of points in the list they've got yeah, they've not really got the officers at the moment for two points yeah. to, to, to to take them up to, to from thirty eight to forty, mm-hmm. so there's always going to be if there's a faction that's going to have that point spare, it's going to be scum. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, I'm very worried, Jonathan. I think you hit you hit the nail on the head. I'm well, I'm about to play James, and I'm pretty sure he's taking that card. There's, uh, there's a small <laughs> chance that I'll get that card. So I think Vader's going to get stomped on. Yeah, uh, not going to be fun. Um, so it's too slow to get away as well. So. Yeah. Funny that, funny that. A Banther's faster than Vader. Oh dear. So that's those are the two uh, kind of skirmish uh, deployment cards and upgrade cards you get uh, uh, with the Banther. Uh, the model is gorgeous. Again, we'll put the cards uh, and the models up as we're as we're talking about them, so you can see what we're looking at. And um, for those of you listening on the audio, um, we'll try and link some pictures uh, in in our uh, uh, posts, so you can see uh, the FFG articles as well. Um, and James, do you want to crack on with the? Um, the command deck cards that yeah, come yeah, with the sure. Banther. So these should, in theory, play pretty well with big big creatures, you'd think. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I'll go through them in this order that you can't see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so the first one we've got is Opportunistic. It is a zero-cost command card and can be used on any scum figure. So it's mine. Uh, <laughs> use after a hostile figure suffers damage, you gain three movement points. So that, combined with Stampede, 
Will be pretty nasty. And this is any scum figure. Any so this scum this figure. could be the Wampa. This could be the Nexu. I mean, I love Nexu Pounce. This could be mm-hmm. move twelve Pounce and then move away three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. What I'm thinking. And if, to be honest, if you've got movement 12, you've probably got a few movement points left anyway. Yeah. So this could potentially be move away mm-hmm. sort of six. Yeah. And yeah, this is just, oh, this is a great card for Scum. And this again builds on, on what they what they do best. What I'm thinking there as well is you've got Stampede. So you, you gain you three movement points. Use those movement points to either move on to the guys that you've just injured once. Can you um, can you do that multiple times? In a, uh, Stampede isn't in a an action; it's just a passive ability. So if he lands on any of your figures, uh, they suffer one damage. And so you, yeah, opportunistic with that is is um, it's going to be pretty mean. But as you say, they've got other options as well. But yeah, I think so. How does the um, sorry? How does the the Stampede? How does that work stampede. in? Because in theory, when you because there's a limit, isn't there? I know there's I think, there's other like the Overrun command card it's once per turn yeah but i think with stampede when you... it's when you so it's, it triggers off when you i think end your turn and move people yeah so i think if you if you did your your couple of actions maybe with beast tamer moved up ended up on top of people did some damage with trample mm-hmm. um which if you then got another three movement points and ended up on top of people again yep do would yeah. you would you even have pushed the the people out the way the first time, if you knew your activations are not about to end, uh, yes, because you've ended your movement. Oh, okay. Like you've you've moved because once you decide to end your movement and move those figures, you can't then move again with the same movement points. Yeah, that movement is over. Um, so then you play opportunistic, gain three extra movement points, and move again. Potentially end up on people again. Yeah, yeah there's nothing on the yeah, card think, about once right. per turn. Because I think, I mean, in the way that the movement works, you can, in theory, move a bit, attack, move a bit, and, you know, yeah. whatever. If you've got another action somehow, then do that. You don't have to spend all the movement points, but I guess, I guess once you, once you've basically finished your activation, is when this is gonna, yeah, this is gonna trigger. Yeah. De- declare you're ending your movement. Do your stampede. Yeah. Trigger the card, and and maybe get it again. But I think the thing that makes this card exceptionally good as well as it's not just Banthers that are gonna that are gonna benefit from it. So if you have a heavy creature list, there's others that like the Wampa being slow, it's gonna help it. Yeah. Um uh, the worst kind of command cards you can take are ones where uh I mean like Son of Skywalker is a great card, but the amount of times you draw it the the turn after Luke dies, it's just painful. Yeah, and cards like this that work really well on many units, I mean it works best on, on the uh, Banther, as you just said, just trampling people and then trampling them some more. But if you can still use it once the Banther's dead, that's that's a good card. Yeah, and it's zero points. Yeah, so it's so, nice and easy to fit into your command deck. Yeah, good card. Okay, next up we have Crush. So this is a three-point command card. You can only have one of them, um, and it's for any massive figure. Use when you end your movement in spaces that contain one or more other figures. Choose one of those figures that is small. That figure suffers far damage. Uh, <laughs> so again, with your stampede and your trample and your, you know, opportunistic yeah. even, you've got more options to do damage that isn't going to be blocked. So this is instead of this is instead of the ones so they suffer four instead of the one um, if you're using it on trample. It doesn't say that you would suffer it instead of. No, it just, just says, says when choose you one. They, they do. 
they get far extra. Oh, five damage. Yeah. Plus a trample. And then if you happen to have drawn uh, the uh, crush as well, yeah. you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Three points, saving grace there. So it's it's a fifth of the points you can spend in your command deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in any creature, well, the only massive figures we've got at the moment are the ATST and now the Banther, I think. And the uh, yeah. tank repository. Oh, the tank? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Ramming speed. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I think naturally it goes with the Banther, but yeah. like we said before, if you if the Banther gets stunned and targeted and taken down, then this is three points of command cards that's not going to help you. Yeah. yeah. So there is that as a weakness. But if you manage to, to get this to trigger, then, yeah, your opponent's going to be hurting big time. That's nasty. Definitely. And it's just damage that bypasses defence die, which is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, in theory, if, that, if you're using the, the uh, something like Overrun or... Or the trample as well. That's half five. Five damage is big. That's half on a lot of big rebel units, like half of Luke. You know, just over a third of Chewie. It's that's a lot of damage to get through for free with no no defense dice. Yeah, yeah, ignores a lot of those white dice. Um, so I'll go on to the next command cards. You get two copies of Parting Blow, um, which is it's not a new card. Um, it's quite a popular one though. Uh, I'll quickly go through what it is. So it's two points. You can use two of them in your command deck. And it is for use by brawlers. So this one says, Interrupt when a hostile figure exits an adjacent space. Before that figure moves, perform an attack targeting that figure. Then you become stunned. Now that one, I'm not sure I'd want to use with a banter rider. Um, being stunned on that model, especially one that you want to do a lot of movement with, I don't know if it's worth it, but I suppose it'd be uh, the situation might determine that you would want to use that one. Yeah, but I think if I think if I had, uh, I seem to have Wampers Brawlers. I think they are. They? I know uh, Nexus are, but I, you know, I'm taking it in my in my command deck if I've got Nexu and things like that, mm-hmm. just because you want to jump on stuff as it tries to run away from you. Yeah, and Nexu Nexu works perfectly because in your turn you just clear the stun and then pounce on something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it it could have a place with the Banther. I mean, if you you're going to be relying on that trample to do red dice worth of damage. If you've got a lot of units around you and Luke runs away, and he's just one health off of dying yeah. because you've played Crush and so on, you might want to you might want to play this and just take the chance of getting a blue and a red in the back and <laughs> finishing him off. Yeah, yeah. any for me, any time you can get uh, extra attacks in this game, um, it's a good thing. Stunned. Especially if you've got uh, Rally in your hand as well, yes. then you just, you just go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or as you say, a unit that doesn't really care about the negative effect like the Nexi. Um, but yeah, that, that extra attack is, is, is especially out of nowhere, can, can change games. It can, it can even potentially win you a world championship, which I think uh, both both the, the finalists put point blow to good use. Yeah, so. yes, definitely. Um, good card. Good card. Definitely. And then the final card you get with this set is uh, you get two copies of Jundlun Terror. Um, again, two-point card, and you can have two of them in your hand. Use at the start of a round and choose a Tuscan Raider or Bantha Rider figure. The chosen figure gains two movement points and may interrupt to perform an attack or special action. 
um, given that movement points, as we've already determined, equal damage on the Banter Rider, um, and he's got an especial, uh, a special action, which is, again, quite good. Uh, I, yeah, I could see him using both of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the Banter is on the card up. Yeah. Um, it is kind of building a lot towards the Banther, and as you say, if he dies, because he doesn't roll any dice for defence, um, you've got two cards in there which aren't yeah. going to get used. Unless yeah, if you're taking these two and Crush, um, that's seven points, right, of yeah. Uh, yeah. of command cards. That's, that's a lot. I just realised that Chosen Figure gains two movement points and may interrupt a form an attack. I thought it was one or the other. Or a special action, yeah. Oh, I thought it was one or the other. I didn't realise it was... You can move and oh yeah. my god! Yeah, I mean that's that's a reason not to use parting blow, right? You don't want to you don't want him stunned because he can't move and yeah. and attack or, yeah. but that potentially with the banthers another trample and stampede, and yeah, if you're doing that, that's that's two tramples, two stampedes. That's a lot of damage in mm. for for no defense dice. I think you've got to you've got to at least take this. I think maybe not the other one, the the crush, but you know it's a, Jund- it's quite a lot of points. But Terror is good. I mean, in theory, I mean, if you if you, so, what's the average on a red's like two damage? So mm-hmm. with the with the uh, the trample, that's three damage. That could potentially be three damage to three units or four damage to one unit. You know, it's yeah. I like it. I think that, I think that's the better card, and, you can um, take two and, of them. and it's less, and you can take two of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's more reliable to see on the day. Yeah, and if you've got two banthers, can you do that twice? <laughs> I think you, only, you can no, usually only play one command card, right? You can, you can only play, play uh, one copy of a command card, command card when it's sort of it procs, so you can't play. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to play both so you, of those, unfortunately. At yeah, even if you had two banthers, yeah. you wouldn't be able to use both because yeah. that'd just be horrible. That would be mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun, fun, but mean. Might not gain you many friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Banthers, Banthers. I'm expecting to see them on the board quite a lot moving forward, yeah. and um, it'll be interesting to see how they play. Yeah. At least, I mean, the the, the first unit without uh, you know proper defence, mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I think 21 health is enough to keep it on the board for a while. It's a good amount. Yeah, it's a good amount. It's it's well, it's the highest we've seen on anything so far. I think, isn't it? So Vader and the ATST are, are in second place. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and the model's gorgeous. So um, I think that'll be a pleasure to paint. And uh, yeah, Tuscans are suddenly a force, and I, I might have to start looking at these green cards and maybe jumping ship. So, so but, but we'll see. We'll see what the uh, the smuggler whether the smuggler can keep me in the alliance camp. So we'll uh, we'll move on to the alliance smuggler. Not quite as many points as as the Banther. Uh, there and there are two versions of him. So we've got a two point grey alliance smuggler he's not unique so you can take uh, four of these chaps he's rebel affiliated he's smuggler traded um, you only get one of them uh, he has three health four speed he rolls a white defense die and he's got a ranged attack with a yellow and a green so pretty not not amazing range and not amazing damage but uh, some, some good surge in there uh, his surges are surge for stun surge for pierce one and surge for plus two accuracy and he has two rules slippery while defending you just natively have minus two accuracy to, to hit him uh, and any time an attack resolves against him whether it does damage or not he gains two movement points and can just duck around behind the corner or 
you know, move up to claim a terminal that he wasn't in range of. Uh, and he also has a special action, Smuggler's Instincts. Perform and interact, and then move up to two spaces. So he can open a door, and then move through it, uh, or around a corner and take a shot. He can interact with a mission objective, and then get out of dodge. Um, pretty flexible for, for two points. Then again, it's kind of part of the reason why I think Imperial Officers were... Even though they've been nerfed, they're still in some lists, just because you've got to spend those two points somewhere. Yeah, uh, and there's not many options sometimes. Um, but yeah, four. not the fastest. Four, four speed and three health. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on him to be honest. Uh, it'd be oh, great, wait to see him in some lists, but I, you know, a green and a yellow is not doing that much damage. No, no. Um, or that much in terms of range, unless he spends his Surge. his surges on on accuracy, and then he he's not using his stuns or pierce. I just think his ability as well, it's interesting, but it seems like it might have more effect in campaign than it will do mm. in in skirmish. I mean, at the moment, we don't have a lot of maps where interacting is really important. No. And the new trooper map, you interact to uh, to turn the the the, uh, the victory points over. You interact with stuff in uh, in the cantina, but you know, moving afterwards. Whether or not that actually helps, yeah. And the majority of maps is well. We'll see. Know. As the maps rotate, um, the extra movement is all is always good. I mean, it's Imperial Assault for me is a, is a game about movement and, and getting around the board to to, to your advantage. Um, so maybe maybe that'll come into its own. Or maybe I can sell you on the the elite version, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, he's four points instead of two. Uh, he's got the same attack, same defense die. He's from three health, he's up to five, and from four speed, he's up to five as well. So he's a little bit more nimble and can take uh, a bit of a beating compared to the the, the grey one who'll just die to a stiff breeze. <laughs> uh, he's got the same surge for stun. The uh, he's got surge for plus three accuracy now, surge for pierce two. Mm-hmm. So he's pr- a bit more damage output from this chap compared to the grey guy, and importantly, surge for focus. So he's suddenly two green and a yellow. Without any kind of input from a Gideon or a three PO, that damage is yeah. a bit more reliable to mm-hmm. come out of this guy. He's four points instead of two, so he's double the cost, uh, and he's basically got the same kind of key, uh, same abilities: slippery, minus two accuracy, and gets to move. Uh, and then he's got improved instincts, as perform and interact, and then move three spaces instead of two. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not sure he's. I'm still not sure. I'm still not sold. Not sold on you. I think maybe I, mean, I think the smuggler trait is probably the most important thing about this. Yeah. I think as more waves come out, that will maybe more important. I mean, at the moment we've got Han Solo. There's a couple of command cards where smugglers help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's something which may come up later on in the game where it might be viable to run a smuggler list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a couple of the command the cards in this pack that sort of hint at that where. Then maybe their their role is not damage. Their role is sneaking around behind your opponent, stealing from you know stealing objectives from under them. Uh, I think the minus two accuracy, and then if they miss, you get to move things like that, make them sneaky, slippery, yeah. difficult to hit. Yeah. That, that's where I think the uh, where their strengths lie. Yeah. I think for me, I'll I'll probably play him in a few lists. Probably just the two point version. 
because um, for me I tend to like a couple of big hitting characters your Lukes and your Chewies in a list and then that forces me to rely on a few just basic units to run around and hold the terminals and interact with objectives that for me he's not a damage dealer at all no. he's um, and he does, he's not a support unit like Gideon or 3PO that where my couple of points are going to go straight away this guy for me replaces maybe a Wookiee when I need to go and hold a terminal, that suddenly frees a Wookiee up to go and get in the front line. Mm. So for two points, I'll give it a try. But I'm, I'm probably with you, Jonathan. He's not, he's not winning any competitions quite yet. No. So yeah, uh, certainly not going to be making it into any scumless fire uh, temporary <laughs> alliances. No, no temporary alliances with the smugglers. No, no. I mean, looking at him, you've kind of got hired guns that are the same points as the elite version yeah. and they do the same job twice as many activations yeah, yeah you've got two of them yeah yep well uh, there's a there's an upgrade card uh, for your uh, skirmish force uh, in your 40 points so uh, it's unique you're going to take one of them smugglers run rebel affiliated and it's only one point um, it's an attachment so you've got to put it on a smuggler unit smuggler only um, and it's a special action, deplete this card, so you can do it once, while you're in an opponent's deployment zone, and then gain five VPs. So, I think this does fit best on this, one of these nimble smugglers who can duck yeah. and dive around, get the extra movement points, and be more likely to get in your opponent's deployment zone. Mm-hmm. Five VPs for a point... Potentially five VPs. Potentially five VPs on a squishy guy that might just get his head ripped off yeah. on the way yeah. there. Um, that might get banthered. Might get banthered. <laughs> will get banthered in the yeah, end. Just trampled to death. Yeah. Um, again, it's worth a try, but I don't uh, pass. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's some other character. I mean, I guess you might put this on hand to get five points mm. for for one, but. Then are you really going to send one of your big characters off to your opponent's deployment yeah. zone and spend an action to get five points? Got very few Not really. Where you need to be in your opponent's deployment zone, so it's going to be yeah. that you're sending off those key characters to go do something else, and so you, yeah. you have to write everything else to do your mission for you. Yeah. I mean, it's plausible that you'd put this on the two point one, mm-hmm. the grey, to take him up to three points, and you could potentially get five points from it. But it's a bit of an obvious trick, and it's. Yeah. You know your opponent's going to see it, and with only three health, it's and four movement. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be hard to stop him pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could get lucky, and with the minus two accuracy, and then getting two movement points from it, you may just slip into the uh, into your opponent's you know deployment zone and get easy five points. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be tricky to do that. I mean, the only, the only interesting thing is the slippery is not once per turn. So, if your opponent keeps shooting at you, you're just going to keep getting further and further away yeah, until, yeah. until you're just out of range. Um, but apart from that, I think it's an interesting unit and an interesting card. But I just, I, you know, it'd be, it'd be worth worth a game to see how it goes. But I don't see this being used at all in any any OPs or anything no no the, the saving grace for it is it's everything in of these three cards the grey the red and then the upgrade they're all dirt cheap um, so I'll show them into a list and see how they do but uh, yeah maybe Jonathan might be right I yeah think, so. maybe the uh, so if the deployment cards aren't, aren't doing it for you maybe some of these command cards will 
Uh, we've got, um, I think some of them, some of them definitely are new. Uh, so we've got uh, smuggled supplies, which I think is is not new. It's one one cost, and you can only have one of them. It's smuggler only can use this and use at the start of that uh, figure's activation to recover two, apply plus one surge to attack results, or apply plus one surge block on your defence until the end of the round. Um, so it's a nice little toolbox for any smuggler, um, whether it's Chewy that needs to hit something a bit harder or stay alive for a round, or Jin. Your, yeah, trying to get some Chewy getting some health back, not something he can normally do. Yeah. Uh, toolbox cards are always quite nice in my mm-hmm. in my book. Yeah, I think anything you know, any anything that heals is good. Um, or you know, it's got different options. Um, again, if you're running a smuggler list and and that's predominantly what you're going for, then this can be used on multiple characters. It's good, I think. Yeah, and not an action to do any of that. So no. just just I'll gain two back for free, and then just do do what I was going to do. That's uh, yeah. Very nice. Uh, the next one is Smuggler's Tricks. I don't think this one is, is a new card either. Uh, again, one point and uh, only one copy of them allowed in the deck. It's a Smuggler uh, unit to use the card. This is a special action. Choose a tile or token you are on or adjacent to. Until the start of the next round, your opponent counts as having one fewer figure on or adjacent to that tile or token. Um, so you can effectively say... You do not control this terminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite interesting. I think it's, uh, it plays on the smuggler list. Um, was it the uh, the Royal Guard Kirat Space Station where I think you have to actually have units in the con- the control room yeah, yeah, to get the vic- be... the vic- get VPs? Yeah. You can just say, nah, next turn you're not getting any points from that. Yeah, you've got to commit two units to the to the room to to count. Yeah. Yeah. One won't do it anymore. Yes, it's uses. I think you know terminals again early on when people are fighting over terminals. It could help, but you're you're spending an action and a command card to draw another command card and deny your opponent one. Yeah. Well, he was saying mm-hmm. about if you're going to use the alliance smuggler, it frees you up a model to do something else while he's guarding a, a terminal. Yeah, something like that card there can, can go in and give him a, a bit of a boost in doing that job. True. Um, Maybe all the print extra turn. Yeah. I think it has potential. I think I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on it. I think I think it's more it's more powerful for the missions, mm-hmm. but it, it's one mission really out of yeah. out of the rotation that's going to help. And it's an action uh, to use it. As well. yeah. yeah. If it was yeah. if it was like supplies and it was just a reaction at the end of turn, you you have one less figure next to this terminal. That be that that I'd consider, but it's an action for someone. So. That the opponent knows that, that, that that's happened uh, midway through a phase and could just run an extra guy up if they if they have the if they can. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's a good card. It might see some lists uh, the, as we get more smugglers. Maybe we'll see. Uh, the next yeah. two, I'm pretty sure, are new. Self defense, uh, zero cost. Only one of them in the deck. Any figure can use it, small or large. Use when a hostile figure enters a space that is adjacent to you. That figure then suffers a damage. It's good. That's good. Just zero, zero, zero cost card. Zero. I think that's good. Zero cost. Any figure, anyone you want. Um, I think we pointed out some uh, some other combinations for uh, for the scum among us with opportunistic. Yeah. After hostile figure suffers damage, you gain three movement points. Um, 
I think I can think of one particular unit that uh, we've just talked about that might might benefit from this. Yeah. So, I guess if you you know if, there's a there's a few lists which rely on on melee like Wookies. If you run run your Wookies up to the Banther, then you've got this. It's one damage, and then the uh, enraged Banther tramples on you. <laughs> this is not what you want. I think for zero cost, it's a good card. I think card. Uh, yeah, that... you know, it's, it's too. It's a, it's a what is a bit of a one trick, but again, it's a card that can be used on any unit, any any figure at all. Yeah. Um, so you're always going to be able to use it as long as your opponent has melee units. Um, there's very few lists at the moment that have no melee units or no units that want to get into range one mm. or range zero, I guess. And it, and again, it's it's free damage past yeah. any defense dice, which. Especially when you're facing like rebel heavy lists with those pesky white dice, yeah. ignoring those as much as you can is, is good. Definitely. And the last card, which I uh, this card did not need to be printed, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Just but uh, but hey, here we go again. Uh, Heart of Freedom. It is two points, so it's a bit of an investment. You only have one copy of it. Uh, it's any rebel figure. So again, any size, big or small. Um, use it at the start of your activation. Not an action. Use the start of an activation to discard one harmful condition, recover two, and then gain two movement points. So not choose one of those three. <laughs> Do all of those three. Get rid of a harmful condition, recover, and then start running a bit quicker. Mega. Very, power. very good. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. It's very good. Luke, anyone? Chewy, anyone? Yes. Any any big hero unit is going to love this. I mean, yeah. we talked about this earlier. If you've got a low activation unit, stun hurts you. If you've got four activations, you're only doing eight things in in a turn. Stun, taking one of those down is massive. Mm. Um, so this recovering stun so that you can move, healing, and moving, it's great. Especially someone like Chewie, where he wants to be at close range so he can do his his knockback and then shoot someone this one this lets you remove the stun that they thought they'd put on and was safe from you yeah heal to move up to close range smack someone and then shoot them and it's yeah this nice. can make a lot of difference yeah, i think it pairs really well with you actually maybe not with his own command card but there is another wookie command card that uh, says basically he, he can attack twice and then become f- stunned and bleeding i think mm-hmm. at the end of it yeah, that's uh, Wookiee or Creature. That is, yeah, that's yeah. good. It's a good card for Scum as well. Yeah. So being able to, to attack twice and then lock himself down and then next turn, get rid of one Just of those two, heal. clear it, heal, and then run back into the fight because you didn't do any yeah. moving last turn. You stood there and shot twice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that pairs really well with Chewie. Really, really well. Uh, I think there's a there's a definite sort of scum, uh, scum uh, definite uh, rebel um, command card list sort of meta coming out from this where yeah. people like Leia who can pull command cards out of the discard pile stuff like this and Son of Skywalker guess what you're facing, is, <laughs> guess what you're facing in about half an hour <laughs> but the, I mean these command cards that are expensive are, are great and this is a really powerful command card but uh, uh, you know one shot it's it's tricky and doesn't always come off but um, you know if you can get them out and then keep drawing them like keep shuffling them back in it's yeah, it's very, very good. 
So whether through the command cards or the deployment cards, or just because the figures are gorgeous, I think Wave Five is is uh, is a hit for me. Uh, the Banther on its own is, yeah. is amazing, and then the command cards really kind of fleshing out the options for a couple of these factions is uh, it's a good thing to see. Ooh, definitely, yeah, definitely. So interesting the options. Mm, yeah, it's, for Banthers. Uh, for Banthers, <laughs> especially. Um, but yeah, so that's Wave 5 review uh, done for now. We will probably get some games under our belt, come back and give some further feedback after we've got some games. Um, so we'll move on to the last topic for the day, uh, which uh, was something Jonathan brought to the table. Um, so, Jonathan, I don't know if you want to... Um... Yeah, uh, my question was, if you won Worlds, which I'm sure is only you know one more tournament away, <laughs> what card would you design and why? James, do you want to take this one? Uh, Boba's already out there, so that's, yeah, that's done. That's already, I, well, I actually designed the band. Of, no, <laughs> uh, no, for me, don't know really. Um, I would want to see. I don't have an idea of exactly what it would be, but something like a support unit for this one. So I think it's something they don't have. Um, not necessarily saying a scum officer or a scum Gideon but something in that vein something that can support your troops give them a little bit of a boost that's maybe in that 2 or 3 point range mm. which like you said earlier it's something that they kind of struggle to fill sometimes um, yeah I don't know make, maybe make it Bib Fortuna or someone like that someone who can just command the battle a little bit and uh, and then probably die to one hit from Chewie probably <laughs> Salacious B Crumb. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be interesting. Good. I think there's this, you know, there's quite a, a good um, sort of, you know, although Disney are trying to push, get rid of the extended universe, the old stuff, move that into Legacy, and and just concentrate on on new stuff. It doesn't seem like Fantasy Flight are sort of shackled by that. They seem to. Some of the stuff they're releasing for X-wing and things like that is is old stuff, mm-hmm. and there's there's sort of a precedence for that. So, I, I don't see it being completely in the realms of impossibility for um, you know extended universe stuff to come out for Imperial Assault, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> world's card, world's model. I think. Um... So would it be a, a command card or a, a deployment oh, card? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, command cards. I just went straight for that. I want a model. Yeah, I want a model. I think I want a model. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even I sat sat here for five minutes whilst James was thinking, and I was only <laughs> focused on model. So I will stick with that rather than try and come up with a card, a command card off the top of my head. I would probably try and give back something uh, to the Imperials uh, in what they lost for the officer uh, nerf and. Um, Probably Thrawn, the the grand yeah, the, the blue man himself, uh, just an, uh, a bit of a bit of a, a mix between, you know, Weiss's or Vice's give anyone a, on the map a move, uh, a bit of the trooper uh, synergy that uh, Kane can 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 bring to the table, and just have him be a again a a great support unit for for the Imperials, yeah. like a cheaper Vice kind of thing. Yeah. Vice without the uh, hardware. Yeah, I think Vice would be. He'd see more play if he wasn't in a uh, in an ATST mm-hmm. and 
taking up half your points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but maybe again, maybe not not necessarily something that just impacts with focus and movement and activations. Maybe something a little bit like layer ways. You know, not ten, ten points or less. Uh, a pretty decent unit on his, in his own right, but then can manipulate either your command deck and shuffle cards back in, or or you know take options away from you know look at the top th- surge for look at the top three and yeah. discard one from your opponents. Um, that's mm. that very very thrown feel to it of just controlling the ebb of the battle. Yes, um, yeah, I think so. It's something we've not really seen. I think with uh, there was there was a to begin with it looked like scum were going to be that strain thing where they would remove your opponent's command cards from the game yeah and it was an interesting idea but it it just didn't really work because you couldn't if you got in close enough to do that with the you know trendotions and things like that you just got ripped apart by vader yes yes you did (laughs) many times yeah no, yeah. How about you then, Jonathan? What would yours be? Because you came very close, so you maybe I don't know if you were thinking about this. A I, I would probably. I think I would. I definitely wouldn't use it as an excuse to uh, to find out what fancy flight we're uh, bringing out in the later later waves by just suggesting random units yeah. and then them going. Nope. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Do that. I've got an idea for that one. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I would. I don't know if I'd want to go with like a massive character like like Yoda or something like that. But I think it would just be like, would would you do sort of wise support unit Yoda from original trilogy, or would you do massive over the top CGI Yoda from from, from the prequels? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I think I don't know if I if I had to, I would probably, and I don't even know if it would be practical because one the unit would be awesome and two it would be huge is a rancor um yeah i think that yeah. would be amazing if it was just this creature the size of an atst and it would be like a banther and a wampa and a nexu combined into one yeah so instead of pounce three was, it's got a reach ability or something say, like that. you just pick pouncing it's up and, pouncing oh. uh, uh, does not I don't. That fills me with dread. <laughs> you just have a reach, not a pounce. Just it reaches three and picks up it picks up a small unit God. and puts them adjacent to it yeah. and then eats them. Well, and regains health. Or this is yeah. one of the things I think where you know none of this stuff is out of the realms of possibility because just purely from my experience with the LCG and the roleplay games and X Wing, all the license that FFG have got for Star Wars, they're you know they use the artwork across all the different games. So. Uh, so, for example, Heart of Freedom is Tycho Kelchi from the LCG. Uh, that's Plat O'Keefe from the LCG on self-defense. So, there are rancors in the LCG. There are, you know, yeah. Bib Fortunas and Kowakian monkey lizards <laughs> in the LCG. So, the artwork's there. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's if I'm a designer, that's I'm thinking all I need to do is design it and print the card. Everything's done and get someone to, to sculpt the figure. But in terms of the art assets, they're all there. It does have that because the yeah. last wave had Ewoks in some of the art, and we don't need Ewoks. Yeah, Ewoks are in the LCG too. I, so, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure we're far from that. I, I think, I think, I think that it's going to be next big box. Yub yub. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, if they do, then and they will be scum. We need Jawas. They will be as well. They will be yeah, scum. they've got to be scum. They're, they're sort of the, if you look at every other box, they're kind of there. 
you know, the creatures that live on the planet that it's been set are scum, so Ewoks would be scum. It kind of yeah. fits you if you think about if you think about the core set in is uh, is it and uh, Twin Shadows. That's Episode four, yeah, yeah. Return to half is yeah. five. No, next, six, next big box. Six, yeah, yeah. Could be Endor. Could be. Boom. Although I, I don't know. I can see them holding off on it because it's just, it's another box of jungle tiles which yeah. they've already got. It, I could see them doing something a bit more interesting, but who knows? Maybe something on a sort of, sort of, you know, some kind of lava planet, something so with a bit of variety to the train. Mm. Um, I think Ewoks would be cool just because then you can trample on them. <laughs> <laughs> Banter fun time. Yes, Banter exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So three again, three great, uh, three great uh, options there from all three of us. So, uh, well, let's just win worlds and make yeah. it make it happen. Yeah. I'm just checking my email for the fancy flight. They've not got back to me. Yet, so. <laughs> Wait on that. <laughs> uh, FFG OP on Twitter. We will get in, ton- in contact and uh, ask for that card to be made. So I hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, I think that's the uh, that's the end of episode one for us. We'll uh, we'll be back certainly with more discussion, uh, more in depth as we go through the the series. Uh, talking about map tiles, new units coming out, experiences we've had playing, um, and and the campaign. It's not just going to be about uh, you know the the skirmish mode. So there will be some campaign focus. But uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed, and uh, thanks to, to Jonathan and James for, for joining on uh, on episode one and, and, and going forward. Been a pleasure. Any any shout outs you want to give before we before we leave? I don't like anyone. It's fine. You don't like no, anyone. That's fine. I, I like less. <laughs> I like even less people than, than James. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for joining, and thanks to you two for for being a part of, uh, of episode one. And uh, may the force be with you all. Indeed. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>